Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Were Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo Mary Guilfoyle. We're a couple of missionaries with Acts 29, and this is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. Mary, happy solemnity of the Assumption. Happy feast to you too, Father John. Can't believe it's the middle of August for crying out loud. I know we're in the dog days of summer, so I hear. Two weeks till football. I can't wait. I'm pretty excited about that. And one week to the rescue project. That's right. One week to the rescue project. Go Blue. Good luck, coach. Praying for you and uh, eager to see what the team looks like. Hey, what's our topic today? Oh, our topic today is the uniqueness of the rescue project. Ooh, the uniqueness of the rescue project. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, so we've been getting a lot of mail, I know, from folks and uh, and a lot of common questions. And I think that's really what this is coming from today. Out. Yeah, we want right. to take these next few weeks to just explain some more um, everything related to this. We're launching the rescue project on Saturday, which we're really excited about. And, uh, and it's a great opportunity for us just to kind of respond to those really common questions that people are getting. And this is one of the most common questions that we're getting. So let's pray first, shall we? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our gracious Father, for this great solemnity that we celebrate today, we give you thanks. We thank you for Our Lady's yes, which made possible our rescue and our redemption. We just ask through her intercession that you would help all of us to continue to keep in mind today, throughout this week, uh, in the weeks and months ahead, the dignity of every human person, the end for which you've made each and every person, namely to be divinized, to share in your own divine, abundant life for all eternity. Father, forgive us for the times that we've either treated ourselves or others as um, mere objects. Help us to understand that uh, the only appropriate response to any human being is love. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hey, can I make Amen. a quick note on this feast? Because uh, I'm always intrigued by this. It just seems really timely. The Lord's been saying something to me in my own prayer just about the, the significance of the Assumption maybe this year. So, you know, the Assumption isn't formally defined until 1950, but it's not like the Pope just pulled that out of his hat. The Church has always believed this. Um, you know, the Reformers believed it, for crying out loud. But he saw that, the Holy Spirit saw that, as the opportune time coming out of the horrors of World War II. Uh, We just had a chance to see the World War II Museum down in New Orleans last last week, huh? We did. And um, just as the opportune time to to hold up in front of a civilization that was filled with so much, like, outrage and horror and, and despair over the end of the human person who had been treated so degradingly in World War II, whether it was through the concentration camps or the other horrors of the war, just war itself. And so he, he very intentionally, you know, at the, uh, at the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, as well as the, uh, the recommendation of the bishops around the world, used 1950 as a time to lift up in front of the whole world. You know, the destiny of the human person is not the crematorium. The destiny is to be divinized, and Mary is the first one to get there. So it just seems timely right now. Um, I know especially here for us in Michigan where we're uh, faced with a, an amendment proposal which is just going to trample on human dignity if it passes. And I know a number of other states where they're um, they have issues in front of them for the election with uh, regards to human dignity, especially for the protection of the unborn. So, yeah, it just seems timely, doesn't it? Yeah, and we have a t- and we have uh, the most amazing, beautiful, efficacious 
intercessor and our blessed mother. So Amen. let's cry out to her, Amen. especially in these uh, highly charged political times in which we live. Right. So before we t- dive into the uniqueness, hey, we just want to give a quick shout out. We asked last week for people to pray for us. We were uh, heading down to... Uh, be with uh, Father Andrew, Father Matthew, the good team at Christ the King Parish in Baton Rouge, which is the uh, the parish and the student chapel at LSU. And we just had a blast. I'm not sure if they enjoyed it, but we had a great time. Oh, I think they enjoyed it, Father John. I think they were lit um, after we left, after was, you left. It, it was, was awesome just to share the gospel and to share the rescue project with uh, college kids, you know, it was the it was first a time new we've audience. done this. Yeah, it was a new audience, and um, and they're uniquely primed to go onto the campus. Yeah. and now they're equipped with those four words that we talk about in the rescue project: created, captured, rescued, response. They can share the gospel now. Yeah, in a very particular way, and there were a lot of comments um, in the small groups. Like we hadn't heard the gospel proclaimed in this way before. So I think they were energized and enthusiastic to go back out. Yeah, so thanks for everybody's prayers. We're really grateful and continue to, to pray for them and for all those who are going back to school. And if anybody's down in Baton Rouge over the next uh, few weeks or months, please stop in at Christ the King and uh, experience the power of the Holy Spirit at work there. So, you know, in in many ways, this question, the uniqueness of the Rescue Project, it centers around one thing. So I think for, for some people, not for everybody who'd be listening right now, but for a lot of people in the church, you were you coached hundreds of parishes when you were the director of evangelization and discipleship at the parish where I was blessed to pastor. And I was getting conversations with lots of pastors. And uh, the two of us, rightly or wrongly, for a lot of people were uh, associated in the Catholic Church with uh, being huge proponents of Alpha, right? And so for those who have no idea what Alpha is, other than the first letter of the Greek alphabet. What's Alpha? So, so Alpha um, is this, um, I mean, in sum, it, it's uh, an introduction to basic Christianity. Mm. And, and it's, uh, it's an experience that, that's offered over 11 weeks. And it's got this beautiful format, right? So um, it, you come together, food is just like really critical, right, uh, to that experience. So it's food. I, w- I always called it a meal, a movie, and a conversation. Yeah, I love that. Where you come together, you, you have a meal together. We know that's where great conversations always start. We watched a, we watched a video, uh, and then we had small group discussion. Hmm. And then there was a retreat yeah. uh, within Alpha. And, and, and it was just this beautiful, um, easy way to ease people into the story of Christianity. And there was this natural progression to how you would run Alpha. And it was just this very, very gentle beginning. Yeah, kind of a shallow on-ramp. Huh? A, a shallow on-ramp. And uh, it was meant, I mean, what what Alpha does is absolutely beautiful. But, but, but to your question, it's a basic course in Christianity whereby we would say the Rescue Project is the gospel. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes we would describe Alpha as charismatic mm. um, and the Rescue Project being the charisma. But I think we can get confused when you use language like that. We yep. say charismatic and someone thinks we're saying charism- char- charismatic. And we prefer the gospel over the charisma because that's just an easy way to speak. And so the Rescue Project is the basic proclamation of the gospel. Yeah. Right? So, maybe, so maybe, that's, that's, that's one distinction. Yeah, I love that. So let me just keep going deeper into Alpha if I can right. real quick. Because so I was, you know, as a pastor of a Catholic church, you know, I resisted using Alpha for a long time. People, uh, our good friend, Deacon Steve Mitchell, who was one of the founders of Acts 29 with 
with us. Um, he was the head of Alpha in a Catholic context. He kept saying, hey, you should use this. You should use this. I'm like, Steve, I'm never going to use this. It's not Catholic. came out of the Anglican Church, and it's a kind of like what I would have called a canned program, which it's not. But, no, it's beautiful. But, but that's why, you know, I just didn't use it. And then finally, you know, through some just providential uh, experiences, conversations, we decided to, to, to start to implement this at the parish. And I, I was blown away by what we saw. I mean, it, it, I used it in a particular way because the, the wound, if you will, in the parish was most of the people, and they would tell us this, that's how I can say this, um, didn't have a personal friendship with God. So I, I, I used it really to to, um, to, to, to build a vertical relationship, if you could, if you will. What I didn't expect was the horizontal relationships that were going to come. So this big parish became small. And what I mean by that is people got to know each other. And then, you know, we ended up bringing, I don't know, three, four, five thousand people through it in the time that you and I were able to serve in the parish. And um, we've, we've gone over to the conference in uh, London a couple of times. Uh, Nikki's a, I wouldn't say a good friend, but he's a friend. Um, not a good friend because he doesn't know who the heck I am, but he's a friend. I mean, we've met. And to the question, like, people ask us as they're sending things now, do you guys still support Alpha? And our answer is emphatically yes. Absolutely. I know there's a, I know there's a lot of pushback from some circles in the Catholic context. Like, Alpha is not Catholic. It's dangerous. You shouldn't use it. You know what? I can only say we used it, and um, I wasn't using it to lead people into um, uh, a deep understanding of ecclesiology and the sacraments. I was using it as a very shallow entry point into leading people into an encounter with God. And in our context, it worked. And not right? only did it work, so, you know, you talked about, it's beautiful, you talked about that that. Um, vertical relationship and the horizontal relationship. You know, we're called to be in communion with God and with one another. And to your point, like we were not, we were not prepared for that. It was beautiful, and so we saw small group communities just multiply yeah. long after Alpha because it really became one of our um, one of our commitments was to keep people together and continue to pastor and disciple them. But to your point about the the ecclesiology, the, I think one of the most beautiful things that we experienced in Alpha and in our context was that people were returning to the sacraments. Yeah, I mean, do you remember? Right. I mean, people were returning to confession for the first time in thirty plus years. We had uh, people tell us that they no longer found the mass to be a chore. Yeah, they were boring. engaged, <laughs> and 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 the desire to learn the Word of God was amazing and yeah. we couldn't keep enough bibles in the parish. Yep. I mean we we bought cases and cases of bibles so the fruit that we saw was amazing. Yeah. And so, you know, to the question, like I'm always going to love Alpha. I'm a strong advocate of Alpha. We know it works when it's run in a way where that where, where Alpha's culture is very much a part of how you how you run that. Yeah. It's beautiful. So having said that, let me just make make this really important point. The Rescue Project is not a Catholic Alpha. Like, that's not at all what we set out to do, right? That's why we still support Alpha. Um, we, we didn't sit down and go, hey, you know, like, we should come up with something to replace that. That's not what this is. Uh, as you mentioned, this is um, Alpha, if you want to think of Alpha as a basic introduction to Christianity and the Rescue Project as kind of like a bold proclamation of the gospel. This is just like, in fact, we had a, a priest friend of us say to us, 
we think, this is him speaking on behalf of some other priests, we think the Lord has given you guys in Acts a charism to preach the gospel. Um, that's what this is. This is our response to what we feel like the Lord's been leading us to do, which is to make uh, how he has led us to proclaim the gospel as accessible to as many people as possible in a way that we hope will be compelling and attractive. And it follows lots of the same, you know, if you will, ingredients of Alpha because um, those are just ingredients that make sense, like meals and beauty and retreats and things, small groups, right? Yeah, yeah but to, to your point, Father John, it's, it's just as a human, that's how we're made. I mean, we would say, you know, uh, one of our core values in Acts 29 is we're authentically human. Right. Well, when you're when you're creating an experience to bring people into relationship with the Lord God, or you want to preach the gospel, you're going to press into some basic principles in our humanity. Right. And that means we want to gather people together. Right. We want to love you. We want to make you feel like you belong. We want you to be seen. We want you to know that you matter. We're going to feed you. We're going to immerse you in beauty. We want to want y'all to get together in small groups and just talk through some critical questions. Uh, we want to create an opportunity for people to respond to what God has done, right. and then we want to um, help inform people to understand, like, what am I supposed to do now? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so th- those core principles. Um, influence a lot of experiences. Yeah, so just church. like Alpha has, you know, like they do a the way you described it, a meal, a movie, and a conversation. We have something similar because food's kind of important, you, you know. And uh, I think I've heard you describe it this way. I don't know if you stole it from somebody else or borrowed it from somebody else, but it's so true. Like food is the ultimate icebreaker. I just love that way of thinking. So we gather together for a meal. We watch the talk. We have small group conversation, which is so much more important now coming out of COVID because we're painfully aware of how much we're made for relationship, right? Um but, you know, maybe just uh, a, a couple of things real pointedly uh, as to what makes this unique or at least unique from something like Alpha. Uh, and, the, and the first thing would be, well, I'm in a car, <laughs> you know, so like I'm the guy in the screen um, and I'm clearly, clearly a Catholic, Catholic priest. Right. So I, I, I'm, I'm in a car. Uh, a second thing would be it's a it's an attempt to just kind of systematize um the gospel through these four words, right? Created, captured, rescued, and response. And I remember the, um, I think I came across something from, might have been N.T. Wright or whatnot, and he was just saying, you know, if you had said something to like a first century Jew, like, you know, if you had just mentioned atonement and, um, you know, even that word, behind that one word would be volumes of information that would just be summoned to your imagination. And in a similar kind of way, you know, the idea behind the four words is to find a way to trigger in someone's imagination lots of other information, a, a way of seeing reality as opposed to just four words, right? So we've tried to systematize uh, the gospel. Um, we go hard after the enemy. You know, I think that's one of the things that's unique about us, not that nobody else is doing it, but we don't know a lot of the people who are doing it right now. And so we, we spend two pretty tough weeks talking about the bad news, which makes the good news look so good. And one of the reasons why so many people I don't think experience the gospel as good news is because they have no idea how bad the bad news is. So we do that. Um, we preach a very muscular Christianity, by which 
I, I think we mean Jesus is more than kind. He is kind, but he's more than kind. You know, he's more than compassionate. He is compassionate, but he's more than compassionate. I mean, Jesus is Lord. He's become a man so as to bind the strong man. That's what he calls Satan. So as to go to battle against the ruler of this world. That's what he describes him as, so that you and I could be delivered from the powers of sin and death. And then, you know, I think two two last things um, that make this unique from something like Alpha, we, we, we clearly situate the Mass, right? We talk about the Eucharist and its importance, which is... Uh, so key right now with the, the bishop's call for the Eucharistic revival, and we've all seen the alarming statistics on, you know, lack of belief in the real presence. So we, we talk about that, which you would expect from a Catholic ministry like we are. And then, as you mentioned a minute ago, we we try to end with, so like, what do I do now? Like, what's the mission? And those are the things, anyway, that come to, to my mind that might be a little bit distinctive, which hopefully is helpful for some folks who are familiar with Alpha. And and to your point, everything that you've just explained, Father, is what we're hearing from those that you've preached the gospel to over the last three years. Um, They're sobered by the captured piece of this, you know, acknowledging that we don't, sometimes we put our head in the sand, right? We don't, we don't press into the reality that they were all engaged in a spiritual battle. And so that's, that's, that's deeply impactful. But I think oftentimes, too, um, depending upon what experience you might be using, the question always is, so what, now what? Yeah. And to have clarity on the, um, the great joy that it is to have a call aid on our life, to go out on mission and all the ways that God's inviting us with all of our gifts to go out and be on mission to help get God get his world back, right? So, yeah. so thanks for unpacking all of that. We talked a little bit earlier about, you know, that there's a, a retreat component uh, mm. in Alpha. We have a retreat also. Yeah, because we think it's 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 short, right? It's kind of a half-day retreat, and it's an opportunity really uh, because, you know, one of the things that's so important to understand is that this only happens, this, um, coming to know that what's being proclaimed is true, right? Paul calls the gospel power. Uh it, it doesn't happen through, like, the uh, the rhetorical skills of the herald. It doesn't happen by sound and light shows. Uh, it doesn't happen by simply hearing the words. It happens by the Holy Spirit convincing us that this is true. You, right? are, you would often say, unless the Holy Spirit shows up, right? Yeah, that's right. Nothing else is going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. And so the, the retreat happens uh, in the seventh week of this eight-week experience. Um, and it's just an opportunity. It's carving out uh, a time and space uh, for people to respond to what God has done. And uh, it is it is the way that it's framed right now. You can easily run it in maybe five hours. You can you can extend that time. But that retreat component is um, is not optional. Yeah, it's essential, isn't it? It really is. I mean, we would say it's the capstone or the hinge yeah. that moves you to mission. Yeah, otherwise right? it's just data. Yeah, you know, th- and we're not is, interested in data. No. We're, interested, we're not interested in information. We're interested in trans. God is not interested right. in information. God's interested in transformation. That's right. right. That's right. Just not head knowledge. We want that to go to the heart. And you, you mentioned earlier, Father John, um, just how important food is. Right. Right. And so um, when you come on the rescue project, right, um, we're going to. We're going to eat. We're going to have great conversation, whether it's around breakfast, right. around lunch, 
or dinner. And oh, by the way, we want it to be beautiful. Yeah, and let me just say something because, about food. Like, it yeah. doesn't have to be expensive. No. But it's got to be good. Like, we're just notorious in the church for pulling out, like, the bag of salad and some really bad soup. Like, it's, it is. It's a bag of salad. It's like, I, I've seen that. It comes out of, oh, gosh. Like, people... One of the things we want people to do always, right? We should, this should be our MO in the church. We should have people leaving an experience that we host, especially people who've either never come to church or they haven't been in church in a long time, scratching their heads as they leave going, that was the Catholic church? Like, that ain't the Catholic church that I remember, right? So it doesn't have to be expensive. We don't have to serve people filet mignon, but give them good food. Like, we, we have so many people in parishes or in our communities who love to cook. And a lot of parishes have meal ministries already sure. in place, you Absolutely. know, whether it's for funeral dinners or, or special events or whatever. All it requires, right, Father John, is creativity, care, desire. Yeah. Just a passion for people. That's I mean, right. th- think about, you know, your Italian family. When you come over, everybody eats. I mean, we always want to feed you, right? We want to make sure that that people know that that we've expected you, we've we've planned for yeah, you, and this is all oh, for you. Yeah, you didn't show up unannounced, you know, or something like that. So, hey, I know we're going to spend a lot of time in the weeks ahead going yeah. after some of these common questions, but this is really helpful, I think, for because this is, again, this is a common question we're getting from some people, and lots of people who are interested in running something like the Rescue Project are familiar with something like Alpha or perhaps like Christ Life or other things. We just want to say the more the merrier, <laughs> you know, like, there's so much need in the church right now. And I remember one of the things that was always impressive to me from Nikki uh, with Alpha was, um, you know, if you guys think you can come up with something better, create it. And again, this isn't our response to Alpha, but we're just trying, we're inspired by that. You know, and we would say the same thing to others. Like, this is going to be... Um, inadequate to because you can't possibly talk about the entirety of the gospel in in eight weeks so there's going to be things missing we know that but we just want to step into this space in the really at the invitation of the lord to do what we can to share with as many people as we can what he's given to us and again that's why it's all free so it's rescueproject.us it's coming out this coming saturday We are ecstatic, excited, and eager to see what the Lord does with us. Please hold it and us in prayer and know that we are praying for each and every one of you. The gospel this coming week, or rather the uh, the psalm response this coming week, is go into the whole world and tell the good news. Man, is that a timely word. So right. it means we have to know what the good news is. Yeah, we got to know what it is. <laughs> That's where this is an attempt to share. And then we got to go. And we got to go with confidence into a world that is hungry and lost and anxious and fearful. And it wants God, even though it doesn't know it, or at least many of them don't know it. And he's entrusted the gospel to you to share it. So do not be afraid. God is with you. And you were born for this. <laughs>